Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. I'm your host, Strength and Speed owner, Mudgear Battle Alliance Pro Evan Preparis. I got a guest with me on the line, Rachel Waters. Welcome back. Hey, Evan. How you doing? Good. This episode today is brought to you by Squirrels Nut Butter. Squirrels, the anti-chafing product the whole pro team uses. And if you were at OCR World Championships last year, you probably got a free sample from me. I was giving away free samples at that. I was also giving away free samples at OCR Everest, my charity fundraiser from 2022, which if anyone has not seen the 10-minute mini documentary we have, head over to Strength and Speed YouTube page and check that out. I also just recently uploaded a whole bunch of OCR America 2 videos um, that were up on Facebook at one point, and I just decided to transfer some of them to YouTube just to have another place for people to check those out. So head over and check out Strength and Speed YouTube. Rachel, any thoughts on Squirrels Nut Butter? Oh, yeah, I love it. Um, it's a great, they actually make a foot product, and it's great to go in between and around the toes for your longer events and, you know, when you think you might get some some rubbage and friction. So um, great product, and it's what I use um, for all of my distance running and sweaty training in Atlanta. Yeah, same same here. So Great. If you want to avoice some chaffage, I would definitely pick yeah. up some squirrels. <laughs> yeah. I think that's everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into today's episode. I said I was going to do another episode in between this one, but, you know, life is busy. So didn't happen. So here we are. Yeah, and here you are stuck talking to me again. <laughs> yeah. So we are. This is about a week after Hannibal Race Kuwait. So we're just going to kind of do a rundown of kind of post event and how the event went and what the experience was like. And we'll uh, talk some other some other stuff towards the end. So, yeah, let's start off with um, like Rachel. What was your you know your take some of your expectations and then do like compare and contrast, which how with the like the cultural experience going over there, and then we'll jump into the actual race details. Yeah, I was um, you know really nervous to go over there at first, just going somewhere completely different where. Um, you know, I was physically really far away and just a completely different culture, um, maybe a part of the world that, you know, if, if you watch the news, you might get one idea of, of how it is. And then when you visit, you can see a little bit different. Um, so, I mean, I had such a great time and the culture was different than, than what I had expected. Um, it was so welcoming. And I was surprised with how, not American influence per se, but like how much American culture was still over there. You know, when you, when you're going into stores, I mean, it's funny. It's like everywhere you go, everyone's buying the same stuff, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the, the labels might've been in like, you know, Arabic and English, but it's the same products and and people were really friendly. Um, So I really enjoyed getting to meet the people there and was, you know, kind of surprised with how everyone spoke English um, things were well-marked. It, it didn't feel as culture shock-ish as, as I thought it might be, I guess. Um, um, just if we're talking about like the day-to-day, you know, people of Kuwait and what I experienced there. Um, you know, definitely a, a little different. Um, I think for me being from the South um, and, and Georgia specifically, like, you know, the, the South has this reputation in, in the U.S. of being kind of friendly and like, people talk to each other and smile at each other. It's just sort of this like Southern charm, Southern hospitality. And so I, I did feel like that was missing a little bit over there um, mm. in some ways. And so I think that like the people that I met all through like the racing community and, and that part of the event were like super friendly, but I did feel like 
just a, a different culture kind of out, you know. Um, but I also understand that I probably look like a foreigner. So people, yeah. you know, may, may or may not be as friendly, just like how foreigners may feel here. Um, you know, but I, I was surprised, um, again, with kind of how comfortable I felt there, I guess, if, if you want to say like expectation versus how it actually was. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just kind of how easy it was to travel there. Right. Um, you know, people, all of the service, like taxi drivers, food service. I mean, people were really hospitable there. Um, so it was, it was a nice place to go. I mean, I'm sure you, is that what you've kind of experienced when you've been there? Yeah, you know, so I'm I'm from I grew up in New York, and then I've moved across the Midwest and the South for uh, most of my adult life. So one, the that Southern hospitality is a real thing, right? Like the you know people smiling and talking to you versus like when I'm from where I'm from on Long Island, like you don't smile and talk to people. That's weird. Like mind <laughs> mind your own business, right? <laughs> you know, it's why just are super you weird. smiling at me? Don't look at me. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like, what are you a creeper? Yeah, so um, yeah. <laughs> the, so I always forget. So when, when we get over there, you know, the race community was amazing. Uh, the hotel was amazing. We, we actually stayed at the Holiday Inn, which is different from the, ho- the hotel I stayed in last time. And when I say yeah, Holiday Inn, it is so not like. so nice. Yeah, that it was, was not like an American nice Holiday Inn. Like this is. Yeah, this was like top of the line, beautiful, ornate, like marble stone, like top notch food, like really great. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the hotel in a little bit. Okay. The, and, and I, so my, what, what always sticks in my mind is how hospitable the Hannibal race and the OCR community is over there and the people like you meet, you know, we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about it. after we went over to uh, Hibba's house, uh, one of the race owners afterwards. And again, everyone's just super friendly, but I always like their hospitality is, is extremely nice. But like the, to me, what's funny is the common courtesy for like simple things sometimes is the opposite. It's like missing. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like we're talking about getting, like the day to day, like in the store, like your cashiers, the people like on the street, like, just that like day-to-day interactions yes. like people like they don't they're just not as like again me coming from i want to smile at everyone people kind of looking at me like no, don't don't <laughs> like you know like get it example um i didn't really see it as much just but like getting on and off the plane it's like all right we're now boarding group one and like everyone just gets up and moves towards the door and it's like I, i'm pretty sure we're not all group one you know <laughs> it's like little things like that and um we, we stopped uh, my layover was in turkey and I, I'm in line to get into one of like the uh, – uh, I get like free access to the, uh, the lounges at the airport. And I'm in line to like get into the lounge. And like I'm waiting for like the person behind the counter to look up so I can like walk forward and like, uh, you know, get, get into the lounge. And the guy next to me just like tries to like beeline it in front of me. And I was like, what the – so like I, I push forward and, you know, cut him <laughs> off after he was about to cut me off. So like some of that, some of that was, uh, I always forget, I always forget how that is, but yeah. And when I like landed, I had to go get my visa, you know, to, to be able to be, you know, visiting Kuwait. Um, you know, I go there and, and, you know, everybody and, and all of their like TSA and, and employees like that look, they're male. Like I don't really see females. And so it's like, I go to this, like, I'm glad you told me where to go, but it's kind of this like obscure part of the airport. And, and it's like, everybody sounds like they're yelling. It's like, I, you know, I'm so used to, again, like, you know, in Atlanta, it's like, oh, excuse me, I have a question. And the person's like, you know, yes, how may I help you? This guy's just like, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. He's yelling at me. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to, like, keep it cool. I'm like, all right. You know, and, I'm, and then there's, like, the language barrier, too. But I just, like, I think that would be the only thing that I, like, really, if, if I had to say, like, a negative, right, um, was just coming from the South and, and people being just so courteous like just the day-to-day interaction there 
was just a little like less less nice, but yeah. Um, you know, but the people at the place were awesome. So let's talk about the hotel real quick and the food before we get into the race. So why don't you go ahead? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Like that, the hotel was amazing. Like again, at Holiday Inn is like my normal, like in, in the U S that kind of like tier because, you know, I'm like cheap race traveling, but you know, when we, when I figured out where we were staying um, and I looked it up online, it was an IHG owned and a beautiful hotel. I mean, they had this, the ballroom with this like ornate glass chandelier. Yeah, if anyone's um, familiar with the artist Chihuly, it looked like it looked just his like work. his. Yeah, these yeah. Like, ornate glass uh, like twirls and swirls. Yeah, engraved, you know, beautiful stonework on the floors. Um, you know, clean. The the service was just excellent. Like their staff, everybody was kind and check in and you know asking you how you're doing. And then um, they had what six restaurants? Was it six different ones downstairs? I mean. We, I didn't even eat at all of them. There just wasn't enough time. But um, yeah, they had, I think we had sushi the first night because I got in so late. That was really all that was open. But it was crazy to go, you know, to the other side of the world and then have sushi. <laughs> yeah. It's like, whatever. It's like, again, one of those like, man, we have the same stuff everywhere we go. You know, everybody's wearing the same brands of stuff I buy at home. Look, I can get sushi here too. Um but I really liked the buffet that they had because oh, it gave us, so yeah, it gave us an opportunity, um, you know, to, to see different things and, you know, sample um, some of the different types of like local food. And, um, you know, I really enjoyed they, you know, fruit and all kinds of different meat and they had Egyptian food and, um, you know, a lot of like hummus and um, olives and salads and yogurts and stuff. So, I mean, what, what was your, favorite thing i know you love love like middle eastern foods so. i do yeah i love the lebanese food i mean uh which is kind of like all mediterranean middle, uh, middle east stuff so you know hummus baba ganoush and the the pita bread and then they have like you know chicken and then they yeah that grilled there. chicken oh yeah. my gosh we had catering i wish i could remember the name of those boxed Catering the we lunch, had yeah. at the event. Oh gosh, like, yeah, that was funny. So they hand the us uh, after the event. They hand us this um, box lunch, and it is like they. It, it looks like it's the like size a of a pizza, pizza box. Yeah, pizza box. It looks like like a large pizza box, but like a little bit more rectangular. Shape. And it was heavy too. And I, like I was like, "What? Like, are we? Is this for the whole group?" And they're like, "No, that one's just for you." And I was like, "Yeah, what? yeah." We opened it, and it's like you and I each have one, and it's like looks like it's like each box looks like it was made for like a family it was yes. so good it was so good it had the hummus in there oh that was like the food over there was like excellent but it was still healthy you it know was because I'm, yeah 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 because you know me i'm like you know really i try to stay pretty good with the way that i eat and eat clean and so i was a little nervous going over there because i knew i'd be in a hotel and it's not like i'm able to cook food and you know, will I be able to maintain a diet that's going to make me feel good? I don't want to just put a bunch of crap in my body, but like the food was all like healthy and oh, so good. Um, I got spoiled with that buffet too. And, and the, what was your, we had, oh, the pigeon, we tried pigeon. Oh yeah. Was, so we open we open up one of the thing, one of the, uh, the silver trays, buffet things, and yeah. there's like a, there's some sort of <laughs> flying animal and it is dark in color. Like it looked black to me and me and Rachel are staring at it. And I'm like, is that bat? And the two of us like yelled, <laughs> like the 
The waitstaff comes over. It looked like, like a bat. It had like you could tell it had these like little wing arms, but you're like, what? What kind yeah. of what kind of flying winged thing is that? Like, yeah. But yeah, it it wasn't bad. It was uh, it was pigeon essentially. It was uh, but it was Egyptian pigeon, so it was not as good as the pigeon I had last time. This one had very little meat on it. Um, yeah, and I think it's like different too. Like we have like trash pigeons like here, right? But I think it's more of like the breed of pigeon there. It's not like we're eating like street street mm, street pigeon. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I know when you say pigeon, people think like of like the pigeons that live in the city here. It's not like quite like that, but it was really like yeah it was like very dark like very dark stringy like gamey meat yeah but it was it was okay um but you know we uh it was funny because it we were just got a good laugh about that yeah and i mean (laughs) yeah what's cool is they also had obviously they had dessert at the buffet too so like you could try these little like samples of dessert and stuff like that so yeah i really like everything had pistachio in it which is good so good but they did have you know one thing though is like some like some of the things were labeled but um i ended up not trying like some stuff because it was like i didn't want to be that person like googling what everything was on my phone and i kind of wasn't sure you know i'd kind of like stir it and look i'm like oh i'm okay on this or like (laughs) that's that's okay so i did like like having a buffet option because i could like you know get a visual as opposed to trying to just order from from a menu but food is so good you know (laughs) <laughs> and there was also like a Chinese place in there. There was a Lebanese place, but the Lebanese place was closed. And there they was... had a steakhouse that we opted out of because we're like, yeah. you know, st- steak. And it was what was funny to go in there and they were playing like American country yeah. music, like honky tonk music. And I was like, I got to get out of here. This is just like being at home. <laughs> and they had a sign for Do- like Dodge City, Kansas in there too, which is like, I yeah. literally just came from there. <laughs> like that is. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like I, that's I mean, or, or last year we did uh, me and a couple of the strength and speed guys did a race called the siege uh, out in Garden City, Kansas. And on the way back, I literally stopped in Dodge City, Kansas. So I was like, eh, I'm yeah, gonna pass it was like steak. it was. Yeah, we were like, no, let's go have you know, something different. But yeah, the food was food was good. But it's also like it's also just different to be in a different area because they just use different seasonings. Like, you know, things are served a different way. Um, so even if the base is the same, like at your breakfast, there's always just like slight differences in the way, um, you know, that things are with like coffee and, and you know, even just like the, the basics with breakfasts. But um, it, it was kind of cool just to get to experience that, but still have a, a good sense of like my normalcy. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But food was good. So the, we uh, went to the race. Let's jump in talking about the actual race. Uh, tell me some of your thoughts on the just the whole race experience and then obviously tell me how you did. Yeah. Um, so the course was like su- super good. I mean, I'm not used, I think I struggled a little bit with the dry climate, just like going over there with it. But um, the course was at a motor town, which was like, a, think of like a NASCAR race car venue, huge piece of property. And on that property is an ATV park. And so the course was, you know, a little over four miles of ATV type trails. And so I would compare it to like for people listening that have done like Spartan Race Jacksonville and you have the sections where you're doing like the dirt mounds um, and and then that's what it was really similar to. Um, and so, you know, at first glance, when you're there, you look around and there's there's no mountains there. So it doesn't look like it's going to be a hard course, but it had a lot of these really steep little, you know, 
dirt, dirt hills. Um, and they were all made out of like powdery sand. And so um, it was a little bit more taxing than, than you would think um, when you, you know, you initially look there and you're like, ah, oh, this is runnable. But um, the, it was, you know, those little hills kind of got me in a lot of sharp turns. So it wasn't a course where you had a lot of sections that you could get fast running in, um, rem- at least for, for me. It reminded me of Raceway Park, New Jersey, but replaced the mud with sand. You know, so like some hard pack sand. But there was, I really liked there was a lot of short uphills and downhills some flat sections um you were you you were you crossed on from like hard pack sand to loose sand to concrete yeah and then there were some pots that would like run kind of along a fence where it was like yeah. you know not hills but it was like a little softer sand sections it's like slanted um, and, yeah yeah and then, and then there was like, a i really thought the part uh, was really cool there was like a concrete section that was designed for like yeah you know, motocross or atvs or, or some, something yeah like like ramps and like little Things that are made, I guess, made to like jump your bikes with or like get you speed off of. And like little, little water pits and stuff like that. So it was like, it was cool because it, again, it's just a lot of variation in terrain, which to me kept things very interesting because you're yeah, it makes you like, think you, you don't get, yeah. in a, you don't get none of that, that like comfortable stride. It's not like you're getting like a half a mile of downhill switchbacks where you, you can just kind of like groove. It was like kind of making you mentally have to like rethink you couldn't really get comfortable um you know and and also the way the course like ran back over each other like you could kind of see some like, like yeah and but that's also mentally mentally challenging too because you're like wait is that ahead of me is that behind me like you know you're seeing other racers going um but yeah the course and it was well marked um it was it yeah was this easy is the best do, but... best version of the the best marked version of hannibal race yet and this is yeah it, was... this is my, my opinion this is my fifth one this is the best i thought this was the best event as far as like pure obstacle course racing fun spacement of obstacles placement of obstacles type of obstacles course marking yeah um i thought it, it was just very well run it was cool to see you know going back i showed you a picture from the very first one i did in 2015 and it is the, it was like it was like 100 meters of downhill through a low crawl which was you know we were all like bumping into each other and then we were right into a giant a-frame cargo net and i showed rachel the picture but there's like there's like 50 people on this cargo net like it looks insane um and now like they they've just done a much better job of yeah um, there was like what about 15 about maybe 10 or 15 minutes in between wave spacing which like there really wasn't you know i didn't really i had a little bit of waiting like one or two things but i was able to to get through them pretty well so like they spaced it out well enough um and and had it like an open enough running at the beginning where you could kind of like put put some space out um before you got to the obstacles but um one thing i i thought was i was impressed with was every single obstacle even like what you would not like like a crawl low crawl through a tube like something that's not necessarily like dangerous that needs to be watched right like everything had a volunteer stationed at and i and i was like wow like you don't see that like you know, a lot of the races like that we have, like maybe just the important ones per se that, you know, are, are manned. But like this, I was like every single obstacle had a, had a volunteer at it, at least one. That was like that was really surprising because they were also like cheering for everybody, which like added to the energy. Um, but yeah, the course was was pretty cool. I mean, nothing like really surprised me on the obstacles because you know i do a lot of obstacles so it's not like i like had anything out there that like 
you know, really, really tripped me up. It was, you know, there was like some, some walls, you know, cargo net. Um, and they had this like, kind of like their heartbreaker at the end. I, you know, I like to call the heartbreaker kind of like the show obstacle because it was the festival area. They had this, like the longest rings I have ever done. Like, yeah. you know, like really long. And, and the rings themselves were not like our, I don't know. I think Spartan, like they're like this like plasticky material, like that, that you really have them. Um, here but there they were this like much bigger different metal so like they weren't they weren't as easy as as the as the U.S. rings and they were like not spaced evenly apart so they had these rings but I mean I was able to do it um, and I wasn't really like too nervous about it and with their rules I knew that I could try it again Um, so I, I would say that like the obstacles themselves didn't like really trip me up or like surprise me but I thought that it was like really well organized. Um, I, I was impressed with that. And, um, you know, I think, and it was just cool to see a whole group of, of athletes like out there doing this. Um, but I would say as an athlete, like per, my personal experience, I don't think I realized how much of a toll, like the travel and jet lag and lack of sleep and just sort of like change in routine how that would impact me because I was feeling like really bad um, out on course. Like (laughs) I was feeling like, you know, that was probably the physically worst, like I have felt in a long time. Um, Like where my, I could, I like, I didn't even want to pick up my legs and I have to tell myself like this thing, I thought it was about five miles. So I'm like, come on, like hang in there, Rachel. But um, I think that that was maybe like a, overall like maybe not not that race specifically but just as an athlete something I learned like man like all of that really took its toll um on on my output the rings were so there was 13 rings total they were spaced probably the equivalent if you're used to a platinum rig about about it would be the equivalent of doing like a hold and then skipping the next hold right so a normal platinum rig has 16 holds so this would have been the equivalent of like a like a 26 old platinum rig to give people an idea of like how far uh, we ended up traversing. Right. So four, eight, 12, 16. So it'd be like, it would be like a plat, it would be like a platinum rig and a half, essentially the equivalent. Yeah. It was long to give people an idea of the length. Yeah. It was long and the rings were like big and heavy and they weren't linear. Like, okay, you do Spartan rings. They're like in a row. Yeah. They're staggered. Staggered. So you'd have to get like a swing. Like they weren't. um, And it was like right at the end. I mean, I was because like, I mean, Evan, for real, like mile two, you know, I'm like going over walls and my upper body was like gas. And I've been thinking, Rachel, you're in trouble. Like, man, you're hurting me. And I was trying to go up these hills, but like, but I also have to say, okay, I can do the rings. And if I have to do a second time, I will. But they had, um, they did have a burpee penalty, but I I didn't do any and I wasn't expecting to, but they did, um, their rules were a little different there. It was, you could try it as much as you wanted to, but then you, could then also opt to like a 20 burpee penalty, which I thought was kind of cool because you have some people that, you know, they wanted to keep trying until they got it or maybe they could do it the second time and then, or just try it maybe two or three times and say, you know what? I did my best. I can't do it. I'm going to burpee now. And we'll tell a story about that in a second, but yeah, the, the travel does take a toll. I was running on, um, excitement and, and, and caffeine basically. Um, but the, I, I felt great. I, I mean, I ran 
I ran a very good race. My I looked at my splits. My splits for miles two, three, and four are dead even. Um, and I didn't I like I at mile two I was like I think I may have gone out too hard, but no two, three, and four were dead even. And then uh, the last half mile was slower just because that obstacle. Density. That's they had the obstacles at the end. Yeah. but I, like I, I mean they had that. I ran a, it was like a seven minute mile, you know, with obviously with obstacles and hills for my first mile, and then two, three, and four were all eight forties. Uh, um, yeah, and like yeah. just also like with the way the elite waves were, so they had like a couple of elite waves. Correct. Yeah, too. And Evan and I got in the second one, and so one thing that happened was, you know, Evan and I um, kind of separated from the group, and there was one other guy that kind of hung with me, um, sort of. I guess he must have been. At some point, I lost him, and and he and I ended up finishing within a few seconds of each other. But you know, Evan, you took off. Like Evan was like basically running by you yourself. Like you were at the like out just out of no that no man's land racing where you're just crushing everybody in the wave, and so you're out there just running, but you don't quite know the pace that the people in the wave ahead of you are going, and so you were there, and then I was kind of running my own thing, catching the people ahead of me and trying to navigate my way through there. So you know that was one thing is we really didn't know the results until like the, the end because they had to like true it all up. Um, And so that adds a different element of difficulty in my opinion too. um, When you have to race in that, in that way, because I, you know, you know, I'm in the morning we get there and we're warming up in the, in in the festival area. And I'm kind of looking around at like the women, right. I'm trying to size up like, Oh, look at her. She's wearing an elite band, a, a bib or, like you could, I can look at muscular development. And so I knew there were a couple of, of women that, you know, I, that I don't know how fast they are. I don't know who they are, what they do, you know? <laughs> um, so you just kind of got to run, but I was excited to, you know, finally find out that I had won. Um, you know, I felt, felt really good. I, Cause you know, when I was out there dying, I was just like, come on, Rachel, you just have to not worry about them and trust like your abilities as an athlete and just know that like you're you're like better than whoever's here and I don't mean to say that in any way towards them I don't know anything about them but it's more just how I had to talk to myself but yeah you 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 gotta you gotta build up your confidence you can't be like well I'm I'm definitely gonna lose right like that's not the way to yeah I mean but I felt like it's just and it's kind of like almost laugh at myself because you know I just did like 105 miles you know and and then when i get out there i'm doing this like four mile race and i'm looking at my watch and it felt like an eternity like it was just like the most torturous like for, and not and not because the, i think it was more the travel because it's I, a mean, travel. I don't want uh-huh. to discourage people from doing the race that i was felt great i felt fantastic i was like evan i was dying i got a couple of pictures of you right before the finish and you look kind of rough <laughs> i sent him over to you i was like oh i took a couple pictures i sent him to you and then i looked at him later and i was like oh that's why she wasn't excited i was like those are not good pictures. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it was not like it was not an easy win for me because of how i felt like mile for mile i have not felt that bad and again i think it was just you know that so i i learned something like good as an athlete right so that if i were to you know try to travel again really maybe consider doing some things differently maybe i needed to drink more water you know yeah i think that's that's a big one because you get the high the plane is dry you'll get dehydrated on the plane they give you i mean i was at thirty-five thousand feet in a plane for like 15 hours so it's like i mean even just then and coming down so you know i learned some stuff there but it's almost like i have to laugh at myself and i look at some of the pictures because i have a few where you look at my face and you would think i was running like 
a marathon. Like I look in so much pain. <laughs> it's okay. But, but I mean, the race, um, super well organized and like, it, it was, it was just neat to see, to go all the way across the world. Right. And see people loving the same thing. And it yeah. was like the same energy as being at a race here. So you the, know? And then one of the funny things was, what was the temperature? 55 oh, yeah. degrees, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. And yeah. which so, is their winter. This is their winter. This right is now. their winter. Right. So, you know, me and Rachel are like, well, this is like perfect running way. This is, this is nice. And Rachel just keeps yeah. being like, I'm sweating. I'm so hot. And yeah. the, I saw there, there was one guy who ran shirtless and he, he wanted me to run shirtless too. And I was, I was like on the fence about it. Cause I got like a cross tattoo on my back and I was like, eh, no one else is shirtless. It feels wrong. Um, I ended up running with a shirt on and I felt f- comfortable, but I know Rachel ran with, she was the a only person top. with a sleeveless uh, with a tank top on. Everyone and was like, I was dying. I was like dumping water, like at the water station. I was like literally like dumping, taking a sip and then dumping it over my head That's, because I was so hot. <laughs> I didn't think it was that hot, but I, I just think it was really funny that everyone else is like, it's so cold out here. It's so cold. They're I'm, so, like, I'm so sorry. Jackets, <laughs> puff jackets and like beanies, like, like cowering, like intense. And Evan and I are in like t-shirts like getting sunburned <laughs> oh yeah my face was sunburned afterwards it was uh yeah that yeah, was pretty, I think that was pretty that, funny that was that was really funny i mean it was like a total because again we're used to it being warmer but there i mean they were saying in the summer it's like 115 degrees oh it's so hot there in the summer it's so it's yeah like and so it was like you know 60 and like high 50s and windy and they were just all shivering and i was like man you know this is shorts weather like <laughs> this is great but again i think part of mine may have just been the drier climate or something but um yeah that was that was funny um yeah who who doesn't belong here like who doesn't fit in like people that are sweating like so i i ended up finishing fourth um the top the three guys that beat me were in the the, a different wave uh could i have caught them if i was in a different wave i i don't think so i i just felt like i was running really good no evan see i think you could have because the fact that you finished and said you felt good means you you weren't pushing you didn't have i was pushing though i was pushing i I was a minute 30 behind so the thing is i was a minute 30 behind good then you weren't hurting enough no i i know that 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 was fast (laughs) i was running fast i i I know you i'm not saying you weren't but i'm saying you could have you could have probably heard a little more if you had like but if you were in a wave with them right where you could see them you know the other thing is though i don't know if the third place guy was at his max right because he might have been in third and been like all right well i've got third locked down he might have just coasted it in right so my appearance may have made him speed up also. So you never know. Um, either way, I was happy with how I ran. I thought I ran really well. Um, I, they ended up, this was, this is the first year they've done age group awards, which is kind of cool. So I ended up winning my age group. So they got, we got like a second medal in addition to the, uh, the standard finisher medal, which is a nice. Yeah. Touch. And they were um, like, in like, I just want to like, also like make a comment because this is sort of like a random thing, but as somebody that's traveling around and, and a lot of races, they had the nicest festival area. Yes. They had put, they had gotten AstroTurf and, and put it down in the whole festival area. And so it's like people could, could lay like down. actually sit down, like people's kids, right? Like I'm so used to like, if you don't have a chair, like I just am sitting in the dirt, like at races, right? Changing shoes and stuff. And so like what I noticed, people were hanging out, like even though how many people ended up running? Like, I think he, he I, said, it, he said it was uh, like 600. Um, okay. Last time it was a thousand. Last time I was there, twenty nineteen was a thousand. Uh, but but I, it, it felt like more than felt 600. like more because everybody yes. was hanging out. 
like in the spot like they had all of these vendor people love like vendor tents right red bull was there giving out red bulls they had tea they were doing like this disc therapy was doing massages born primitive had this like cool like painted bus i mean they had a dj i mean it was just like really a, a cool environment and another thing um about the culture is it's dry there so for anyone that's not been like you don't have alcohol so you know, the other part is it's not like people are standing around drinking beer, hanging out. People are like sober, people, just hanging out. Sober. <laughs> they're sobering and they're sober. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that. <laughs> like but really, and um, it was so cool to see uh, because Kuwait is so small that this is their only obstacle race every year. And so what you're getting to see is in the same way we have our like gym groups come, you're getting to see the local gyms that come out in groups and they're all wearing you know, their gym shirts that match or families and just the pride that, that people had. And, and for me, what was special was kind of getting to see a lot of that and be around it and kind of get to be around watching people that are doing, you know, I remember I was in the changing tent talking to this woman. It was her first time ever doing, you know, anything like that. Her sister had signed up and, you know, she decided to sign up. And, you know, when I, look at her and not to sound like a like judgmental at all but looking at, at her I could tell she wasn't somebody that was probably like an avid worker out or she was new to this kind of fitness thing and so it's really cool to meet somebody at that beginning step right and and mm-hmm. kind of know like hey man your life's about to change now that you found <laughs> this you know like just kind of like smiling to myself because I already know but like kind of getting to see some of that because um it's so much bigger here that it's you know, there's just so many more people and it's so more mainstream, but, you know, I have to remember that this is a really different thing for yes. these racers to be doing. Um, this isn't something like, you know, it's much more common here. So everybody kind of knows someone has done one. Like, you know, you can be at a business meeting or out at a wedding and casually just talking to people and they've kind of heard of Spartan and Tough Mudder and they kind of right. know what it's about where, you know, this is really you know, it, it's a little more in its infancy, I would say there. It's it's still developing as a sport, right? So it's so cool to see um, kind of that part of it. And, you know, these people are really doing something out of their comfort zones. Um, yeah. The other thing I really liked about the festival was, so as you cross the finish line, they had this, like, Jumbotron, and your name and your time would appear on the Dumbo- Jumbotron. So it, yeah. it, would, it wouldn't tell you placement, but your name and time would appear. So, like, if you wanted to... Um, you know, you and your friends wanted to see how you did, you, your time would appear right away. Um, and then as other people finish, you it would slowly get pushed down the list. But I thought that was like a really cool touch, something I've only seen at one other race. Uh, it was at uh, True, Grit, True Grit Australia, the 24-hour one, but it wasn't on a yeah. Jumbotron. It was on like a, a regular-sized TV when you cross. Yeah, the, the only time I've seen that is split. like, you know, lap leader stuff for like World's Toughest Mudder kind of like, like the lap leader, So the lap leader one of World's Toughest doesn't update. Like it's not – yeah, right there. Instant, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it refreshes, but it's not instant. It's not like you cross the line and your name appears, right? So, yeah, there, there are times that World's Toughest Motor will all cross the line. I'll be staring at the board, but yeah. the board is not updating, and I'm out of the pit before the board updates. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was that was really cool. Yeah, I was just like super, and they had drones going around and like cameramen. Like they, it was. I was surprised with how you know kind of organized it was for a smaller event because. Um, you know, it's one thing to get your obstacles right. It's another thing to have like your like race packet pickup, your, you know, timing, your your stuff like your vendors, like the experience of it, right? Because people are getting a full like start to finish experience. 
Um, Correct. And, and the, the majority of people really care about the festival. Like I'm as a racer, there could be no festival and I, I would still, we're still going to do it. Yeah. I'm still going to do it. But for the majority of people, the festival really makes a big difference. Yeah. And, and uh, like the social aspect of social like, aspect, it's kind yeah. of a, like a thing. I um, mean, and one thing that was really awesome was, um, you know, again, when I like, when I'm saying like, there's a still developing there, you know, we have more races here. So it's pushed our athletes to, to improve. It's our training. There's more, you know, events, there's more competitive athletes, there's more options to do things. There's, you know, but in, in that part of the world, like it out, they, they don't have like races every weekend. Right. So, um, you know, your athletes are still having to learn a lot of, it, and they don't have the opportunities like we do to do a bunch of Spartan races, right? Like in Atlanta, I can do Atlanta. I can go to Florida. I can go to Carolina. I can go anywhere I want to do like a ton of races. Well, their athletes really don't have access to that. Um, and so, you know, where I'm going with this was one thing that was so cool was Evan had worked with, you know, I know Evan, you had worked with the Hannibal race and mud gear and, um, you know, worked on getting the mud gear branded socks. Cause as we all know, like you can buy your mud gear branded socks or, you know, a lot of the major races and teams, you can also get your logo in, in those and you can get like custom mud gear. And so what was really cool was bringing those over and, you know, the athletes there, um, we're just really curious. And, you know, Evan, you and I were both in our mud gear. We had our mud gear, you know, short racing shorts and our mud gear socks on. And so, you know, the athletes were asking. And so it was really cool to like kind of teach them and, and really make an impact because, you know, we forget that like we've been using this gear and known about it for a while, but a lot of their athletes were wearing like shoes that I wouldn't recommend or right. And they're not wearing the compression socks because they just don't have it there. Right. Um, so I thought it was really cool, like the experience of the mud gear. And I was talking to a lot of athletes because we had a tent and they were able to, they loved them. You know, they loved the Hannibal race swag. Um, but it was cool to kind of be able to even like talk to the athletes and, and teach them, well, you know, these socks, the reason that these socks were developed were for racing because, you know, they, they, they stay, you know, they can get wet and not hold water like cotton. And, you know, the, they have the compression for your muscles and they can also protect you know, the front of your shin for your rope climb because they had a rope climb at Hannibal Race, which was one of the grippier obstacles that was tough for people. So I thought that was really neat watching, like, you know, even in just a very small way, you can make an impact helping these athletes learn about, you know, the right types of gear and shoes and um, even a little bit of obstacle technique. So I thought that was kind of neat with the festival area that we had the mud gear set up. And I mean, people loved the socks. Yeah, um, they, they were did. a hit apparently. <laughs> they were a hit. People were people were buying them up. Um, I don't. Yeah. They're not available on the Mudgear website. Um, I think you can only buy them yeah, from. Those are like limited. You got to go run the race if you want to. <laughs> limited edition. Yeah, but that was that, one that other, was cool. One other cool thing they had in the festival area was a photo booth. It's kind of like oh, you I see at a wedding where like I mean it wasn't like an actual booth. It was just like a camera set up with this big backdrop for that the race logo and the Ram logo, and. uh you take a picture and it would print out right there, right? And you get a hard copy picture, which is uh, yeah, kind of that was really actually unique. like a really nice like memento for me because I have I don't have a lot of like hard copy pictures. All of my pictures are in my phone, and so it actually like printed out and it kind of said like you know Ram Hannibal Race had like the little logo. Might have even had the date on it. You know, it reminded me of like again like a wedding, like it's like a yes. you know selfie thing, but it actually prints out like a stock picture. So printed out. Uh, picture from you know the the photo stand was my favorite little memento to take back as sort of a souvenir and reminder of of how special that trip was yeah. um but you know real real quick tell the story about the uh one of the guys that was having some issues on the rings 
Oh yeah. That was, um, that was like a really cool moment for me. So, you know, Evan and I had finished and wanted to go around back around the course and kind of take some pictures and cheer for people and just, you know, get a little bit of footage. Cause you know, want to put together some stuff to show people kind of like what the, what the race was like. And so we went back by the rings and I was like, you know, I want to, I want to do the rings again. Let's get a video of, of me doing the rings. Cause I wasn't able to get one from during the race. And so there was this one, um, you know, guy that was there, you know, cause this was kind of the obstacle that was getting people. And he kept kind of trying, you know, over and over again. And, you know, he could have burpee, but he, you know, he was wanted to finish this thing kind of intact. They don't have like the idea of bands. Right. But like he wanted to finish this thing fully. And so um, it, it was cool because I was able to, while I was there, get on it and, you know, talk through like a, a coaching where I kind of showed him, you know, well, you know, use your back arm and the back swing and kind of get on it and actually, um, you know, it kind of, there were a couple of him and a couple of other people kind of stuck there and kind of technique through it. Like, okay, now watch how I do it, you know, back swing. Okay. Back. And, you know, I kind of do it and I go through about half of it and jump down. And then he got on it and his next time through, he then was able to use that technique and do it. And then he went on. And after that, there was like a, a hoist lift and this thing you run through and a rope climb. So he kind of like went off and then finished his race. And then it was awesome. Cause then when I got, you know, back home, a couple of days later, you know, maybe it was like Monday or Tuesday last week, he found me on Instagram and he sent me a message and and said, you know, thank you so much for teaching me that technique. You know, I was able to now finish, um, you know, all of the challenges on the race. And that was just like, even though it was just like this, like one person that I was able to show this technique to it, like was really meaningful for me where it's like, wow, like I can make a difference going over here. Um, yeah. And like somebody had to teach me, you know, like, right. like back before. And, you know, it also, Evan, really had my brain spinning of like, you know, how, how, like, how can I can continue to connect with these athletes and help them? Like, you know, cause it's not that they aren't able to do the rings. It's just a newer obstacle. And once you learn the technique and everyone starts to learn the technique, then we now make harder obstacles because, your athletes up their game. And so it only grows the sport. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, my brain was spinning on like on the flight home back. Like, you know, I wonder if they've ever, you know, thought about like, is there a way to stay connected with some of these athletes that, you know, would want to have like training like during the year. Right. Cause they don't, they don't have as many races to prepare for um, and to stay engaged with. And, but it was really, that was really cool. Um, kind of getting to have that full circle experience where he found me. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool talking you. to athletes. One, it, that, that was cool to see, to watch you give those tips because as you're giving tips, like you're speaking English, obviously, and there's a, I think most of them understood English, but I think there was a couple that were watching that didn't because like some of them were talking to you, like whispering to each other in Arabic back and forth. And then it was cool to like, to, you know, you're demonstrating and they're, they're watching, learning, and then they're like essentially transmitting the knowledge amongst the group. So that was, it was a really cool thing. Yeah. And then as they learn it and more learn it, then like they, then now these athletes like demand more from the races, right? Like right. that's, you know, how it just kind of grows. Um, so, but yeah, uh, that, that was really cool. Also want to give a shout out. So Omar Fuse was one of the guys who had crossed the finish line with you. He was that, uh, he was like the kickboxer the, MMA. Oh fighter. yeah. Oh yeah. And he worked with like F45, which is like a gym we have here too. Yeah, he was. Right. He he was running with me for the first mile. He was just like, 
he was hauling it. He was hauling ass, to be honest with you. Yeah. I was like, oh, this guy's like, I got some competition here. <laughs> uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> um, and then uh, another quick shout out to Omar uh, Al Mutari. I think I'm pronouncing his last name right. So he was the one who was, as we were posting, so he, he had found us through the Hannibal Race uh, Instagram. And then as we're posting like cultural stuff, occasionally he would like shoot me a message and be like, oh, here, hey, here's what that means, right? Like we took a picture of this giant golden fist um, and it's for one of the uh, martyrs from the Iraq invasion. You know, I, and I didn't know what it was when I took the picture, but he like explained to me. So that was really cool to like get some connection to some of these people. Well, yeah, and to have like met some of these athletes through Instagram first, and Correct. then get to actually yeah. meet them in person, and that and that was like really cool too to get to like meet him. And it's like, hey, are you gonna? You guys need to come over to OCRWC. You need yeah. to come over to the U.S. Um, so that yeah, that was really cool. I'm um, meeting them and like, you know, getting to like build friendships with people again. It's like we're not different, you know, <laughs> we're born different places. Maybe are like, we look a little different. We naturally speak different languages, but like, we love this same that we speak the same obstacle language, you know? Yeah. And it was also cool that, you know, again, you're talking about how the, the OCR culture is a little bit newer there. So I think they do have a, they said they do have a Spartan race that comes. Um, but I think they recently switched it to a stadium race over there is what uh, okay. people were telling me. And uh, what was I going to say? But even so, two per year is not two per year. Like, still, yeah, that's not that's that's not like that the access that like if you want to be a competitive athlete in this, like you know, your two a year isn't going to help you as much. You need more exposure. Right. And there's a couple other in the region, but you're going to have to fly because as we talked about, there's not a whole lot of places to drive to. Uh, yeah, you're Kuwait. in the like yeah. It's it's desert, um, and then you can drive into like Iraq or Syria, I think, or Saudi Arabia for your three choices. Yeah. And you're in like the eastern edge of Saudi Arabia, which is not like there's not super a lot of big cities out there. So, um. yeah. And I I think it was interesting for me as well, being a female, um, getting to feel the respect from the male athletes there. Because, again, like when we're talking about like an obstacle that like, don't get me wrong, the rings were like, I would say the hardest ring obstacle I've ever done. Right. It was the longest, like if you say just a ring obstacle. um. And, you know, but I'm able to do it, but, you know, this is one that's tripping up the men. And so, like, you know, what's also cool is for me to be able to go over there and show them, like, you know, like, as, as a woman in the sport, like, kind of, and it's showing them kind of the level of our, our American sport, I guess. Like, it's kind of showing how, like, our, our sport is and also, like, hopefully encouraging and inspiring them, right, like, of what they're, they're capable of, Um you know, like, so I thought that that was kind of a neat thing for me was being able to kind of talk to some of the male athletes and kind of, you know, get their, their respect um, kind of from them. So that was really cool, um, you know, which, you know, because we have like the, a lot of the male athletes where we are just like so fast, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. like the, the rings wouldn't have been so that that was kind of personally like kind of a, a it was rewarding for me. Um, of course, the, the female like respect matters, too, but. Um, I thought that was just kind of cool. Um, everybody like at the race was just like so nice. Um, you know, even when I chipped them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it was cool. They, you know, they're talking to us and they're like, so you, this is like what you guys do as a sport. And we're like, yeah. And they were, so that was always funny. And it's like, well, how do you train for this? And it's like, well, you know, com- we talk about compromise running and like primarily doing a lot of aerobic training and then adding obstacles in occasionally, like it was kind of cool just to, again, to, to talk to knowledge share you know kind of like because again we have like we forget like how far the sport has come now with 
training programs and gear and shoes and and all this stuff and so that was one thing that was kind of unique was feeling like we're you know we're really just on these grassroots conversations with people right in the festival area able to make like meaningful impacts to hopefully help them like grow um as athletes but it was it was an incredible experience you know for me um and you, you know, mentioned I, it, I you mentioned earlier, but they had like a muscular skeletal uh, therapy place that was there, essentially doing like free massages. And yeah, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to Vanessa who was like working on me and was like identifying injuries I had without me telling her. She was just like, "Oh, she's like, you know, your left hip is really tight." And it's like, hey. "Yeah, like, what do you do?" And you like <laughs> identifying the like muscles I had like previously damaged. It was it was really impressive. Uh, she did a great job. Side note. Um, yeah, it was, um, again, like a top notch, like festival area. And, yes. you know, they had like great sponsors, but I mean, it was, um, for me, it was like an, an experience that I will always like remember. I mean, like winning felt really, really cool. And that made it even more like special. But even if I took that out, like it was still really incredible. Like it's, it's just mind blowing to me that like racing has taken, taken me there, you know? Um, so that was just, it was I wish I had had more time. Um, I oh, think yeah, it's it's always it's always that way, you know. With the yeah, I was I was exhausted. Uh, I, like my sleep schedule, I feel like still is still a little messed up, just because we'd it was it was literally like a whirlwind of a trip. We barely slept, you know. When we got there, it was like well, I was in, I was in Kuwait for fifty five hours. It was, we, we were, and we were there. It was not like well, I'm not going to go to sleep in my hotel room, so I'm on like time adjusted. Like I want to go out and see. Yeah, we're like, you know, what's around our hotel. Walk. So we like, walked we didn't and sleep. We didn't sleep Friday night. We raced <laughs> Friday morning. We're, we were at the race all day Friday. Then like Friday, you know, evening dinner, like nighttime, we went out to like sort of an after party dinner, which was like super nice to get to hang out with, you know, the race staff after. And then you and I went back to the our rooms, got our stuff at like midnight and then went to the hotel or went to the airport. And just like flew home. Like I was like, that is not normal for me. If I'm up all night, it's because I'm running. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it was. I wish I had more time. So, um, you know. But I'd love to hopefully go back one day and be able to see those athletes again and just kind of network more. And um, it was such a cool experience. Um, so again, wish I had more time. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of a quick rundown. And anything we missed that we wanted to touch on for. The actual Hanwell race experience? I do, I do want to ask you a question that I, I already know the answer to, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, okay, you can ask me. <laughs> I was going to ask your opinion because we, we were t- – so you said it first um, when we were in the car at one point, and I was asking your – we ended up starting talking about uh, like, you know, as athletes, we're very calorie slash what we're putting into our body conscious, and we were talking about non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yes. I want I want to just touch on like what's your opinion on drinking non-alcoholic beer? I think it's like completely pointless. <laughs> I I don't understand like I mean like the calories that you're consuming. I mean I I it's shocking to think that people would actually like the taste of beer. Like I think that people acquire a taste for beer because they want to get drunk. Yeah, I agree. And so you know, like, it's just, and I'm not trying to, like, pick fights, you know, with anybody about this, but, like, I would rather eat my calories. I like, say, thank you. That's what waste. I, I, I want. What a, I, give me a piece of dessert, you know? <laughs> and, <laughs> like, your, if I'm going to, if I'm going to waste calories on, on an alcohol, I better get hammered. Like, <laughs> 
the the only time so we we have one of the ultra runners uh who's in strength and speed right gary um has like i think legitimately enjoys the taste of beer or has conditioned himself to enjoy the taste of beer and will sometimes use it for mid-race fuel i get it for that because it is liquid your body's going to process it really fast. It's going to be easily digestible. Yeah, because you know, I more mean, of I, a... eat, I eat junk food during races, Correct. ultras yeah. too. So you kind of kind of get a free, you know, soda and stuff like that. But yeah. to me, like dr- drinking, not drinking almost any calories is just a complete uh, waste. Yeah. You know, it's, it's oh just... yeah. When you can eat them instead. Yeah. Right. And, and you and when you drink it, your body just it processes it super fast, which means you're like your insulin spikes, which means like it essentially leads to fat gain. Is like the yeah. the long and short of it, right? So I. I'm just, uh, I'm not a fan of alcohol. Not yeah, and it's expensive. It's, it's expensive. Too. It just seems it's ridiculous. Like, you, like, again, you know, I'm not really a drinker. Like, I'm not, like, completely sober, but I really, like, I'm not a huge drinker. But it's like, if I'm going to spend the calories and money on something, I better get a good buzz. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm not a beer drinker. But, yeah, I'm not. I think, like, somebody somewhere, like, said it was cool. And so then now everybody just, like, takes pictures with it and smiles and pretends like they like it. And I don't know what they really do. Like, you know, again, I'm not yeah. trying to get in any fights over it, but it's true. Right. Um, right. Hey, you know, if, but, <laughs> if, if you're an athlete, and you're getting paid for promoting, promoting it. I think that's great. I'm like legitimately, oh I'm, my not gosh. Even, I'm not oh, even a little bit upset. I, me, like, I love non-alcoholic. Good. Beer. Good for you. <laughs> like, I think that's absolutely no. great. It's just the concept. Like there's very few products I see being promoted where it's like, all right. Actually, like I feel like this is something that will hurt your race performance. Non-alcoholic beer to me is one of the products that I think will. It doesn't help you. It's just not giving you any nutrition. It's just, it's it's empty cal- <laughs> like, like it's empty calories. Like, yeah. it's like you might as well just get have the, the alcohol. Like, <laughs> it. Um. Yeah. And again, I know. Like, I'm not trying to upset anybody. I'm sure I have a lot of friends that, that like it all, and I'm not like trying to pick on anybody's. Because when I was a bartender in like college, like we serve non-alcoholic beer. And I used to think it back then, like, why are people spending $5 on this? Like, I've I've drank it at social events to avoid, um, to appease (laughs) people, right? Like it's, it's like, all right, I'll just drink this. Evan, that's sad. (laughs) Because people, there's some people who get like, they get upset. It's like, why aren't you drinking? It's like, well, I'm, I don't. So usually, usually I I just drink a seltzer. And if you put a lime in it, people think it's a gin and tonic. So that, (laughs) I'm not even, so that, that's my, usually my go-to. You, you you pull the, you pull the O'Doul's label or whatever off of your, that's an alcoholic beer. But I I have had a non-alcoholic beer, uh, I think like twice at parties just because I was like, this Yeah, when I was a bartender, it's like, I would see people buying them. I'm like, why are you buying this? Like, but whatever. Anyway. Yeah. That's my, (laughs) anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just funny because you mentioned it in the we, at one without me bringing it up, you mentioned it, and I was like, "Thank you." Someone else finally said it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's a so, waste, but um, you know, whatever. <laughs> anything? Uh, let's see. What else? Um, anything else we missed that we want to talk about? Just wanted to like thank everybody. You know, thank the the athletes we met. Thank you know both like you know, our, our really gracious host that invited us. I know that you've known like Amin and Hiba for a while now, but like I had not met them and they were amazing. Like it was so cool to see people putting on a race that also like still were able to have the bandwidth to talk to everybody there and, and, and just like the community and you could really see the respect that they all had for them and how everybody worked together. And um, like that, that was just, you know, I was really grateful to meet them, um, you know, and, and, 
that was just super cool um, meeting, you know, the people that are putting this on because I know what they're doing, right? The gift they're giving, right? By, by doing all of this work to put this event on for everybody. Yeah. Um, they, they didn't, they didn't sleep the night before the race. They were up. Yeah. I mean, the majority of the build crew was up literally all night. And, and then you, sh- you showed up race morning. And I mean, you couldn't, it looked perfect. You couldn't tell. It looked perfect, yeah, because, right? You know, the other thing is like, you know, our races here have these like crews that know everything they're doing. They have a kind of like down to a science now. But, you know, this is a race company that they're really only doing this once a year. And so, you know, when you're having your crew, it's a lot of work. You know, they had to do everything basically because you don't have a obstacle build crew just at your disposal. You've got people putting obstacles together, probably going like, what is this? You yeah, know, they don't even know what they're doing. Building, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, just the the level of detail that they did. But then again, race day, they had so much energy and, you know, um, I think they even had like a electric electricity access problem in the morning and you wouldn't oh, even that's know. that's right. That's right. You yeah. wouldn't even know. Like they managed it. Like nobody was like, it was like they, they fixed it, you know, put, putting fires out. So, I mean, they just did a great job. Um, I w- would love to, you know, see them be able to grow as a company. Um, you know, I had some people ask me, are they going to do anything in the U S I'm like, I have no idea. Um, but it would be really cool to see them, you know, come visit and, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see some hand, some handball racing over here. I don't know. I don't want to say that's not like happening, but yeah, I did yeah. have some people ask me about that. So, um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Cool. Well, uh, I think that about wraps things up. Um, I'm, I just got a reorder of a resupply of blood mitts in. So anyone who needs blood me extremes, uh, I only got a couple of larges in those sold out in about, mm, 12 hours and the i still have smalls and medium extremes though so if anyone's looking for those uh make sure you get them i think are i think we're getting a resupply in february like a large resupply this is like a small holdover that deanna sent over so and then obviously we have lights uh small medium and large and i do want to give a quick shout out to mythic race if anyone's looking for a good race and they have a five hour and a 5k option uh mythic race in i believe it's april 15th in Benton, Missouri, Benton, Missouri. Five hours sounds fun. So uh, we do need, if anyone wants to join the strength and speed team for that, there is like a team competition. Hit me up. You can, uh, you can join the strength and speed team and we can, um, it's just like, uh, it's like your, they take your overall results from like the different categories, right? So male, female in the 5k and five hour. And then, yeah. So cool. you, you need, I think you need six people, but you need like basically one in each category, right? So male, female, 5k, male, female, uh, five hour, and they kind of tally your placements or something to figure out who, who won. So strength and speed, we're looking to win that. Anyone wants to come over and race that definitely, uh, shoot me a message and I'll, we'll throw you on the strength and speed team. And then also I think not hundred percent finalized, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I think I'm Friday night before the race during packet pickout. I think I'm going to be doing some sort of like obstacle technique or talk through or mini seminar or something. And I'm planning on bringing my books and stuff like that and having a, a pretty good sale out there. So it'd be worth worth traveling out to. And that's cool. I'll have to I'll have to check my schedule. I might actually be um I might be free that weekend, but I'll have to check. Yes. You should be free. I, I don't I don't be. know if that's fact, but that would be sweet. Five hours sounds like fun. I might drive for five hours. Yeah. Do I it. wouldn't drive for a five K, that's a little short, but I might yeah. drive for five hours. And then other than that, uh, we do have some other news, but it's not 100% yet. I feel like every time I bring Rachel on the podcast, I have news that's like 90% <laughs> confirmed. And then I, I'm like, all right, I'll just bring you on again. And then it 
like I'm sure tomorrow after I release this, it will be a hundred percent confirmed. And then I'll be like, all right, well, we got to just bring it back on. So, uh, but yeah, we have some other news coming. So make sure you're good following. stuff for this year. Yeah. This is just the beginning, but I'm looking forward to, to more good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Any final shout outs you want to give? Um, just thanks to, you know, the Hannibal race crew for having me. Thanks for Evan for strength and speed. Um, having me as your guest these past couple of times through my fundraiser that I did. And then now through this experience, um, and also just shouting out some of my other sponsors, um, hoist an electrolyte drink. I work with go rock for training gear. And, um, I just recently actually am starting with an amino acid group called invisible force. Um, oh, nice. they've gotten me feeling pretty good on their amino. So I'm like, you know, really, uh, really enjoying that. So anyway, um, yeah, just. That's do it. do we want to do tell us one thing people would be surprised to know about you? Would you like to um, volunteer some? Sure. Uh, I think people would be surprised to know that I have a master's degree. Um, yeah, yeah. So I am from Atlanta. I got a bachelor's in business administration from Georgia State, and then I got a master's in human resource management as well. Oh, nice. From there, so I think a lot of people. Um, are surprised when they realize I have like a job, um, like a real but yeah. job. <laughs> but yeah, I went to grad school. I have a master's degree, so cool. So I'll match that. I also have a master's degree in I was a global and international studies, so like basically international relations. I got it uh, from interesting University of Kansas when I was uh, basically when I was at an army course in Kansas. And we did like side classes to uh, get one to uh, KU there. It was pretty funny because it was all like special operations dudes in the, um, in the class, and they were. Uh, I some I think some of the teachers felt uncomfortable just because it's like, you know, like these like quote unquote alpha male type yeah. personalities like all in the room, and uh, sometimes our jokes were I guess you know they like they couldn't tell Bunch if we were dudes. joking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know how to appropriately react um, because some of our humor is dark or, and or. Uh, Nothing really inappropriate in front 13 of year, It's basically a bunch of 13-year-old boys sitting in a room, right? Pretty much. Like that's pretty just, much. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Cool. Well. All right. We're going to awesome. get going. Until next time, Evan. Until next time, which will probably be probably the next podcast or something. Yeah. But... <laughs> we'll find something to talk about. <laughs> so. Cool. All right. Good All right. Talking to you. See ya. Later.